All right, everyone. Welcome back to the sixth episode of the Shots at the Charity Stripe podcast. I am your co-host, Jacob. And I'm your other co-host, Josh. Welcome back for episode six. Big, some big moves going on in the FIBA tournament right now. Uh, As we are recording, U.S. just lost their first game um, early this morning uh, on Sunday. So they... They lost to Lithuania by seven points, 110 to 103. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it, it seemed like it was a well-fought game. I mean, Lithuania obviously got the better of the U.S. Uh, U.S. is not invincible, as we see. Yeah. Um, they almost lost to uh, Montenegro, right? Yep, as well, yeah. 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 Um, obviously, Lithuania is a, you know, they got some experience at Jonas Valanciunas. Probably the biggest thing the U.S. is going to struggle with is teams that have a lot of size because they don't really have a traditional big man, and so physicality could become an issue. Um, Lithuania did go 9 for 12 from 3 in the first half, so, you know, maybe that won't happen again to the U.S., but definitely uh, something for the U.S. to think about as they do still advance to the knockout round. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's... They've obviously already clinched this to continue. Like they're not out for any reason, so I mean they have chances to learn from this, and it's still a really young core team. So there is going to be some holes in in their their play styles, and, and teams are going to exploit that. These the what people seem to forget are a lot of these teams are way older and have played mm-hmm. together for years and years and years. Yeah. Where our team, the U.S. team, is kind of just thrown together, and then they have to learn how to play together mm-hmm. very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of uh, very experienced teams, uh, watched the game this morning. I didn't get the U.S. game, but I did catch the end of the Canada versus Spain game. Yep. Really good ending. Uh, Canada knocks out top-ranked Spain before the knockout stages. Uh, it was a terrific finish and um, some really good plays down the stretch from Shea Gilgis Alexander and Dylan Brooks, believe it or not. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> They now qualify for the Olympics, too. Yeah. So Canada will be in the Olympics next uh, year. So Canada really starting to look up in their basketball program. Um, so good for them. Uh, other news, France started off the first round of the, the first group stage 0-2 and, and was eliminated before they even got to the second round of group stages. Uh, pretty shocking development there. Uh, big shout-out. Uh, this is with another team with Jordan. Uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Mm-hmm balled out uh i I can't remember who they were playing but it it, people compared him to looking like kobe and he just if you didn't see the number on his back and just looked at the the like the the jerseys were black and you just don't care about the jersey color it looked so similar to him like a little bit larger jersey he was kind of like free flowing in between dribbling in between defenders um, shooting fadeaway mid-rangers. I mean, it looked so similar to Kobe. Um, it, it he did phenomenal. Unfortunately, they did get eliminated, um, but they uh, that's that's a huge bright side for for an aging yep. Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Yeah, had a really just a really fun, uh, really good time at the uh, the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Additionally, not in the World Cup is Sudan. However, shout out to them. They just qualified for the Olympics for the first time. Uh, thanks to a large part to the contributions of Luel Deng and growing basketball there. So good for mm-hmm. them. Yeah. A uh, couple other things I wanted to talk about with UA, USA basketball. Uh, Ant and Paulo Bencaro. Mm. 
look amazing for the U.S. Ant had 32 this morning, yep. uh, unfortunately in the loss, but uh, he I mean, he's he is showing why he needed this contract extension mm-hmm. <laughs> that they signed him yep. to. Uh, uh, also, big thing, uh, Brandon Ingram is growing increasingly upset with his play time yeah. in, with the U.S. team. He's really struggled. Um, he, he has, yeah. He was in the starting lineup to start the start the the uh, FIBA season, and has now found him, himself on the bench. Um, and part of that is a little bit fit. Josh Hart fits a lot better with the starting unit. And again, you know, just a reminder: these guys showed up together what in June and started yeah. playing together. So you know, some guys just fit together faster mm-hmm. than others. So you know, he struggled, but it's not like you know we're not going to sit here and trash on Brandon yeah. Ingram for that. Right. He he. What I thought was really funny that report came out at the end of the day on a game that he had two points and he mm-hmm. just signed a shoe deal. Yeah. So <laughs> so, so I he can't be too upset because yeah. he just he's making a chunk of change off of shoe shoe money now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no, it, I I I think the I think he'll figure it out. I mean the, the team together with. Um, Eric Spolstra, Steve Kerr, I, they're gonna figure it out. They're extremely intelligent coaches. Uh, it, it's it's going to work out. We have the smartest basketball coach minds in the world. Mm-hmm. To some, I I don't know everyone's coaches everywhere. Well, Noah Lyles would disagree with that. So yeah, yeah okay, it, that guy is a. <laughs> we, we won't bring that. I, I mean, we can't bring it up. I, that's that's ridiculous. So just for just for everyone to know, we were referencing uh, U.S. track star Noah Lyles. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this came up, but he said it really bugs him that NBA players tag themselves as world champions when they win the finals because they didn't play against the whole world and therefore can't take that title. My and we had spoken about this previously. Of course, they're not world champions. They did like like he's saying we didn't play against other teams, but we've also won many Olympics as a basketball team where we have been the best in mm-hmm. the world. And the, the, the players on that team have been on the finals teams that have won, mm. which mean, I, I mean, overall, we do for years and years now, the competition is getting more stiff, but we have been the best country in the world. So saying that we are world champions because we, you're the best team, the best league in the world. I mean, to a certain degree, you can say that that is, uh, that's true. Yeah. Um, and you know, the NBA is a global league. Obviously, right. it's just mostly in the U.S., but players are global. And you can't convince me there's a team out there that could beat an the NBA Denver playoff Nuggets. team. Uh, definitely not the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets would laugh at any other team in the world because, and really here's why, the, US, the, the NBA has more money to spend on players than any other league. So if there's a player that's better than a current player in the NBA... The NBA is going to go find them and pay them to come to the NBA. It's like Saudi Arabia with all of the, the golfers right now. Right. Golfers, yeah. uh, foot, soccer, football players. Mm. But yeah. Um, yeah, really the biggest thing about that comment to me was like, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it, it seems very much like like friendly fire too. Why why are you bringing that up against uh, your own guys from the U.S.? In, in a year, you're going to be fighting for points to be the best in the in the world at the Olympics, yeah. As, as, as in the Olympics, I mean, the, why are you causing this friction? <laughs> it just it doesn't seem it, it it does not seem right. 
Yeah. Uh, and back to basketball, <laughs> you know. Um, other, some other people that are dominating at the World Cup, uh, Luka Doncic, obviously mm-hmm. having a good time. Uh, Franz Wagner and Dennis Schroeder with Germany are yep. really playing well. Laurie um, Markkinen. Laurie Markkinen and Jordan Clarkson are one and two in the World Cup in scoring, so yep. Utah Jazz looking up. <laughs> um, and I, I think uh, you mentioned Paolo Bancaro earlier, just to mm-hmm. circle back. Uh, first, Ant, he's really taken like – we know he's a superstar, but I think he's taking that like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the guy, and if I can't be the guy, then we lose, and I'm fine with taking the blame for that, right. which I think is a big step for him and for the Timberwolves. And then for Paolo, I think the biggest thing for him is he's playing a lot of five uh, for mm-hmm. Team USA, and you know that can lock, unlock a lot of uh, lineup versatility for the Magic whenever he gets back to the NBA, which yeah. I think is going to be really interesting. And he can play a stretch five spot too like yeah. not just a traditional five yeah so I mean that's gonna be a huge that's gonna be huge for for the the magic as we'll we'll talk about a little bit later on with them too uh, NBA news JaVel McGee was released by the Mavs and almost immediately picked up by the Kings on a vet men do you have any thoughts on this uh, I I think it's a good uh, veteran pickup uh, mm. it's I mean he he has contributed to several championship teams within the last couple of years. He was on the the Warriors for a small amount of time. Mm. He's been on the Nuggets. He was on the Nuggets, right? For a while time. ago. I don't know if he was on them currently recently, in their championship but, run. But on the Lakers, yeah. uh, he's been on. Three-time champion, JaVel McGee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he's got he's got some experience. Uh, it, you can look up Shaqton, a fool, highlights of him and watch for hours. So he definitely is one of those guys where he's not going to be handling the ball a whole lot or a main score. <laughs> but he's a contributor, and I, I think he'll be a good uh, deep bench guy. I agree. Um, and, and glue guy as well. He seems like a very funny overall person that's going to kind of get everyone together on, on, and on the same page <laughs> on the team. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I think it's I think it's a good pickup. Um, um, another, I, I had just a couple of thoughts. I think yeah. So right now their big men are basically Alex Len, Demonis Sabonis. Neither one of those are really like vertical threats. So I think Javale McGee just in theory he gives you that vertical threat right. if you need it. A little bit more rim protection uh, and defense as well. So you know aside from the leadership and stuff like that, I think it can give them a little bit of versatility on mm-hmm. their bench yeah. and just you know injury insurance as well he's a pretty overall pretty good rim defender too Mm -hmm. i mean he's just because of his height i mean he's he's no nikola vucevic i i had to (laughs) i had to um uh he he is going to give you some quality minutes Mm. with some experience yep um, I was also going to mention the Nets signed uh, Harry Giles III, a uh, free agent, agreed to a one-year contract with Brooklyn. Good for him. Not sure if it's a veteran. I don't think he's old enough to sign with a veteran. He contract. was drafted in, I want to say, t- I don't know when it was. It was I, it was mid-teens. Like, like 2017, maybe? Maybe, yeah. So, I mean, six years. I Depends think how many years of those he was in the NBA. Right. So, um, yeah, he they picked up him. He, uh, same thing. I mean, he's going to give you some quality minutes off the bench. No starter. He's not going to be a starter. He's young enough. He's still got upside that may not. Yeah. You can maybe still explore. And yeah. the Nets are, you know, in a exploring young talent sort of part of their uh, the rebuilding phase, if you will. Yeah. Uh, any 
Yeah, other ones you can think of. Uh, uh, the Celtics signed Svi Mikuliak. I don't even Mikuliak. Yeah, so, how something that? like that. Um, Just look up Svi and Celtics, and you'll figure out what his last <laughs> name is. Yeah. Uh, he's a free agent guard agreed to a one-year deal with Boston. So kind of we're hitting the point in the offseason where these guys, these free agents that are just kind of like float guys mm. are getting picked up. Yeah, fringe minimum type players. Yeah. Yep. Uh, big, the biggest name that is still yet to be picked up, though, is Christian Wood, I would say. Uh, yeah, where still is available. Um, oh, P.J. Washington did yes. finally sign with the, the, the Hornets. Hornets extended. Yep. Um, We'll see where Christian Wood lands. That's interesting. Maybe yeah. he's just waiting. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm interested to see if it's the teams holding out or the or him himself. Yeah, holding I, out. I can't imagine a scenario where he's not on a roster, but right here we are. So <laughs> literally like two week, two two and a half, three weeks away from starting the pre uh, like training camps. Yeah. So it's it's just very odd. I mean, he's gonna. He's going to add – he could easily be a starter on many teams in the NBA right now. Yeah. I mean, he gives you – defensively, you know, definitely a lot lacking there. A little right. bit of rim protection. But offensively, it's like somebody needs an offensive right. big man somewhere on their <laughs> roster. Um, uh, quick switch over to the WNBA. We have the playoffs starting Wednesday, September 13th, a week from this Wednesday. Um, as we stand today, going into the matchups today – uh, here's the uh, the standings. We got the Aces in first, followed by the Liberty. Um, really tight right there. There's about a game difference there. There's a game difference in the loss column right there. Um, and they've split the season series, so we'll see where that ends up. Um, we got the Sun. They're locked into third. The Wings, I believe they're locked into fourth now. And then Lynx, Mystics, Dream, Sky. And then the, the Sparks are in ninth, uh, just a half, just a, I think they're just a tiebreaker out of the playoffs right yeah. now. Uh, and the Fever Storm and Mercury have all been eliminated. Yeah. Um, so, uh, looking forward to some matchups there. Um, should be a good playoffs. Now, so since they have extended the amount of games played this year, mm. uh, the Aces were the first team to get 30 wins in a season. Mm. They're now at 32. Uh, 32 and six. The Liberty are one game off that which they they do play today, so they could reach that 30 game threshold as well if they if they win. So I we got two teams that are breaking that 30 game win streak. Obviously more games now, but still congratulations. They're in single digit losses. Aces That's, have uh, the best offense in WNBA history mm-hmm. as well. Um, two really good teams. Um, really fun to watch. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah. Really good basketball. And I can tell you, for the people who are against watching WNBA basketball, these games are going to be more entertaining than a Pistons versus Rockets game. I, yeah. I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> they're competitive games. You know, they're not above the rim, but everything below the rim is just as good. Yeah. Just as quality basketball. Um, great shot making, playmaking, all that. Yeah. Should be a fun playoffs. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll we'll cover the playoffs continuing on in the next uh, couple episodes that come out. Uh, we're planning on kind of doing like a finals preview episode. Mm. Maybe uh, we can cover a, a good amount of information with that. Mm. Um, and so we we're excited to follow up with this. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about the Hornets. You ready to talk about the Hornets? Yep. This is our last. Season recap, off-season recap episode. Um, so next we'll be moving into kind of some, kind of like 
the uh, press press break at the beginning of the episode. We're going to do kind of like that and then just talk a little bit more deep analysis with the game instead of going into this, uh, this season recap in the next following episode. So, yeah, let's wrap this up. All right. What do you grade the Hornets last season? A D minus. D minus. All right. Let's 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 get into that. Why are we got a D minus? Uh, Twenty seven and fifty five record. Mm. Uh, obviously, some injuries with Lamelo. Uh, some and Gordon Hayward as well. He's been dealing with some injuries on yeah. and off over the last couple couple of years since he left the Jazz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. After that horrible injury for anyone that just recently started watching the nba look at some gordon hayward jazz highlights there's some wild stuff in there he was an animal he was and he won a national championship in college with butler Mm. uh i mean he was he he was an animal uh and just an absolute score like he will get to a a mid-range spot he'll and at that time or he'll dunk on you Unfortunately, he suffered a horrific leg injury on the Celtics. His first game with the Celtics. Five minutes into the game or something. Yeah. Maybe not even that. So um, Similar to like Paul George or Kevin Ware type injury where it's a, a compound fracture and uh, the, the bone was sticking out of his <laughs> leg. It was not good. Yes. So uh, he, since then, he has been pretty much an average NBA player whereas he was on the path to like superstardom he was obviously the best player on the Jazz team he was going to add depth to that Celtics team so I mean he he's he's still on this injury path pretty much uh every so often he's 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 out but um that along with the whole Miles Bridges controversy with that too not controversy like with him he's controversial as a person yeah Um, (laughs) yeah yeah um and it's overall it just seems like this team is is not coagulated at all yeah um what'd you give him i gave him a c plus mostly because um lamello the lamello engineer injury wow um really (laughs) you know set their season back i think they probably would have been a play-in team had he not been injured um which i'm not saying a play-in birth would have been a success for them um but you know injuries aren't really something you can predict uh the rest of their roster you know a little bit shaky still so i this season to me is kind of like can the hornets finally become a serious nba team you know they haven't i mean they certainly haven't been since what the alonzo morning yeah uh, the 90s you know well that was on the was that that was the Hornets of the of uh, well uh, New Orleans, wasn't it? He was on the New or- New Orleans Hornets, I believe. So I I'm not sure. What, maybe, maybe they were Charlotte. Yeah, it's part of the Charlotte right. Hornets history, is what I know. I <laughs> yeah. went down a little rabbit hole on their Wikipedia page earlier. So yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Um, but yeah, they need to. You know, will they become a serious team? Do serious moves? Obviously, new ownership. So we'll see. Um, all right, what have they done this off season? Let's see. Kelly Oubre has been still a free agent, uh, and they also lost Dennis Smith Jr., who signed with the Nets. They have extended Lamelo. They re-signed P.J. Washington last week. They've also added Amari Bailey, Leaky Black, Miles Bridges, Brandon Miller, Frank. Uh, Neil Aquino. Neil Aquino. Yeah, and uh, Nick Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, anything stand out to you there? Uh, Brandon Miller, obviously from the draft, number two. Right. Um, we watched a little bit of him in the uh, summer league. He had a rocky start, but I you can't really judge players how they play in the su- the summer league. Ben Simmons was shooting three pointers and nailing everything in the summer Mid-range league. Mid range jump shots. No, look yeah. at him. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think Ben Simmons is kind of on the next level of Vucevic with us here. Yeah. Like they were one and two. For yeah. <laughs> um, no, Brandon Miller played played pretty well overall. He definitely had the better scoring and overall performance out of the two. Whenever the Hornets played. The Spurs against mm. Wemby. Yeah. Uh, Wemby was kind of shell shocked, I think, at the beginning, and so mm. he got the upper hand. I he played overall pretty well. We'll just have to see how it translates into into mm. uh, into NBA play. Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing for Brandon Miller over the summer it was like, hey, he's not a shot creator. He needs someone to create a shot for him, which is yeah. how it was in college. So you know we shouldn't be too surprised with that. Um, he was probably the best available player that mm-hmm. fit what the Hornets are doing since they clearly still believe in LaMelo Ball. Right. Um, so, you know, I like the pickup. He can definitely bring some 3 and D wing length. Um, and that's kind of the the theme with all of their signings. Amari Bailey, Leaky Black, both really good perimeter defenders. Mm-hmm. They got some length. You know, shooting may not be there, but they got that. And Frank Neilakina, kind of the same thing. Defense maybe isn't quite as high up there for him, but still a lengthy perimeter guy. Uh, Nick Smith Jr. is uh, just a really athletic combo mm-hmm. guard. Um, you know, he's got high upside, so it's a good pickup for them there, I think. But yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts on on their their offseason moves. Um, with Nick Smith Jr., this that this last year's Arkansas team was kind of stacked. Like yeah. They had a lot of NBA talent players. Yeah, uh, Jordan Walsh, Nick Smith Jr., um, Anthony Black. Anthony Black. I mean, they we we got it firsthand with Illinois in the yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the uh, uh, March Madness tournament. But yeah. I, I mean, they Nick Smith. We we saw him. He I mean he he's a good player. I think he they have a lot of guard talent on this on this team. It's just about is it experienced guard talent? Mm. Is it actually going to translate into how many of these guards are going to be able to like square up shoot? How many are going to be driving? I mean they, this is this is a pretty guard heavy team overall, yeah. which we see that with a lot of teams now. It's guards and forwards pretty yeah. much on the team. Yeah. What do you think about the Lamelo Ball extension? Supermax extension was it five years, yeah. like two hundred and seventy million, mm-hmm. somewhere sixty million, maybe. I think you had to do it. Mm. I, I I definitely think. It, I mean, he's a good enough player if he's healthy. Uh, that you maybe. I don't. I, he's not going to be the person that pulls you himself through the playoffs, it, unless he becomes a Trey Young, Steph Curry style shooter, where he can will a team just by making baskets, crazy baskets. Mm. Um. But he's going to need some help. He's going to need a secondary mm. player. I just think you had to sign him to keep mm. him so that later on you can fill that need. Yeah. So I I, I think it's a good idea. Uh, we'll we'll see if it, <laughs> if it actually is yeah. or not. Uh, just the injuries is a big thing with him. He's a big ankle injury guy. But Steph Curry was too in it early in his career. And I think he needs to find, follow the, the Steph Curry path of just adding mm-hmm. some strength and stuff. And then he'll be yep. in a better spot there. Yeah. Um, I think I think this extension was probably partially a symptom of small market. Mm-hmm. You can't 
if you don't extend him this year, he's going to be like, okay, I'm just going to go leave and go to New York or LA right. or whatever. So you have to extend him. Um, so I like it there. I think, you know, he just needs to add some strength, become a better, better score. Some at some level, he still struggles to score a little bit from time to time. So if he can add that, then this extension is definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, and then PJ Washington, what do we think of, of that? I think that was a good, it was a good extension. I don't know if it's worth 48 mil for three years. I, I mean, that's kind of what you have to pay for a mid-level guy now. Mm. Uh, Mid-low-level, mid I would say. Like, he's not really a... He's a role player, I would say. He's a pretty solid role player. But overall, I think he's just a... He, he's a good player. Mm. Uh, I haven't got to see too much of his of his play style. Like, I, I don't watch any Hornets. <laughs> Hornets games. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, but, you know, I'll pick up a game or two this, this next next yeah. year as long as they're playing a good team yeah um i, I think in theory it's a good ad right mm-hmm. he's very versatile and gifted as a scorer offensively but defensively they're a team that maybe doesn't have the most defensive ability and he i mean he he just needs to become a more switchable player right because that's where he really brings value because he's such a versatile player offensively if you can play him at the four or the five and he can defend those and you can also play him at the three and he can defend those yeah that's where he he just needs to be switchable defensively yeah um i think next year if they're healthy they need to be playing playoffs mm-hmm. they definitely need to be right there that that's the next step for this team yeah did you mention along that uh, Miles Bridges was re-signed to one I did. Deal? I okay. just didn't really want to talk about yeah. Miles Bridges. Yeah. Uh, kind of a dirtbag guy. Uh, was able to kind of work his way back into the league. He's going to help them defensively, I think. He's got some pretty good rim protection. Um, and he's just a high flyer. So he's get, he's entertaining. Um, Eric, uh, oh, what's his name? The comment... Uh, Oh, um, the yeah, the Hornets commentator. That's Eric. No, I was about to say Eric Lewis. That's the uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the referee that's being investigated. Disgraced. Well, they closed it because he retired. Yes. So yeah. no, uh, no Eric, dirt will be aired here. Yeah. No, it's uh, Miles Bridges. Um, he it was uh, it was a domestic abuse case right I believe pretty severe yeah yeah so uh, he kind of wiggled his way back into the league with a one-year deal we'll see if he continues to yeah to stick around um from a purely basketball perspective obviously he's a very good basketball player mm-hmm. um and that's all I got on him not a very good human yeah um other other I you know thoughts for them uh, any guys sticking out for you? The only other player I'd like to mention is Mark Williams. Picked him up mm-hmm. in the draft last year. A lot of upside as a kind of a vertical threat, rim protector player. Um, really showed out better in the second half of the season last year. So looking forward to what he can do. I mean, if he can turn into a true like rim protector, vertical threat center, that's the perfect player to pair with LaMelo Ball. I agree. Um, also, another another role player guy that could really take a leap this year is uh, Cody Martin. We'll see if he kind of piggybacks off of his brother's success, and he's yeah. like, I, "I want, I need to step up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't be the lesser brother. We're twins, after all. Yeah, yeah. So you know, maybe he steps up a little bit. Um, uh, Kai Jones, uh, pretty big showing out in the the summer league as well. He played played pretty well. We'll see. He's if one that of those. 
those upside guys. Yeah. He looks on paper like he should be a perfect NBA player. He can. He's long. He's athletic. He can stretch the floor. Just hasn't quite, you know, panned out for him. Right. So hopefully, hopefully this team takes a big step this year. Hmm. Uh, they, you know, realistically they should. They cannot. This is the this is the conference we had talked or the division we had talked about. That's like the complete opposite from the Pacific division with the Suns, mm, yeah. uh, Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, and Kings. This is the exact opposite. This is the the bottom of the barrel yeah. division. So the Hornets cannot be much worse than what they were this year. Yeah, absolutely I s- not. I say that with a grain of salt yeah. because I mean they can be, they but they better possibly. not be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They should not be. Yeah. Um, anything else with them? Uh, touch I, on. That's all I got for the Hornets. Okay, there's really not too much. <laughs> yeah. Too much with them. Uh, magic. What'd you give them? I, B magic. plus. B plus. Um, yep. Just real quick. So last season they started the season five and twenty, and it was looking back to the lottery. They go, mm-hmm. uh, but they did finish the season twenty nine and twenty eight, and their young players looked really good. Um, so, what what did you think of their last season? I gave them a C plus just because of the, the rocky start. A lot of teams, it, it kind of felt like uh, the Cardinals two years ago, the St. Louis Cardinals, where at the very end of the year they made this really strong push, mm. uh, just yeah. to, to not look as bad. And so it it, it kind of felt similar to that. Now, leaving the, the year on the end with a high note can sometimes translate into the next year. So that I mean that's a good good upside for them. But overall, they did have a rocky, rocky year. Um, obviously, Paulo Bencaro, Mo Wagner, bright names down Franz there. Franz Wagner. There's Franz, two. Franz and Mo Wagner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's two Wagners <laughs> down there. Yeah. So I mean, they're all they're all good good players. Um, as long as they can play like they did at the end of the year, this is going to be a good looking team. Hmm. I think. Uh, I do not think Paulo is going to be a an all star this year. I think it'll be probably next year or the year after that that he's he's really stepping into the all star yeah. role. But he's got uh, superstar written all over him for yeah. sure. Yeah, uh, his time at at Duke really showed that as yeah. well. Like he he was he was the number one, if not number two, guy there all the time. If there's one thing the Magic know how to do, it's draft really good big men. Yep. Yep. Uh, who what else are your some your thoughts on them? Um, I mean they got some really good young players. Obviously Franz Wagner, who just mentioned, he's a lengthy wing. He can play off the ball. He can play on the ball. Really efficient three level scorer. Yeah. Um, Paolo Bancaro, you know he could become a little bit more of a force on the outside on the perimeter, but his interior scoring, he's just really good with his footwork and he can get his shot up from, you know, over anyone. Um, really good players there. And then uh, Jalen Suggs has maybe not panned out as well as an offensive point guard, but as a point of attack defender, he's just really tenacious there. And um, oh, what's his name from the 76ers? Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz is finally turning into the kind of you know near triple-double sort of player. He, he's still not a great scorer, but he's definitely a very good point guard. Yeah. Um, so... A lot of upside for the Magic. He's what the Sixers were hoping they were going to get from yeah. him. And he's making free throws now. His free throw form doesn't look like he, his arms are broken when he yeah. shoots. Well, I mean, he did have a – it turns out he had a pretty rare, like, 
shoulder or neck injury, I believe yeah. it was, and the Sixers just didn't find it and kind of ignored it, and we're like, wow, this guy must just be mental that he just <laughs> can't shoot anymore. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he, a lot of good stuff for the Magic. I think they're going to be a really fun team this year. I agree. I agree. Uh, it's they like we mentioned last week with the the, the question. Uh, this is one of the, the I had mentioned the Magic and the Pacers are the two most interesting teams for me just because this young core mm. I, they, they're all super talented and I think that this is going to be a very interesting very interesting year with them yeah a uh, couple pickups um, Anthony Black at six we just mentioned him from Arkansas mm. uh, Jet Howard at 11 mm. with uh, from Michigan and Andre Jackson Jr. at 36 uh, from UConn in the in the draft. Uh, I believe Andre Jackson Jr. was traded to the Bucks. Yes, yes. Uh, they ended up picking up Joe Ingles. I believe it was involved in that. Yes, I believe um, so. Which adds some veteran depth. He's a pretty streaky shooter. He could be. He could add a, a little bit of stretch to the floor if you get a, a lot of hmm. um, drive heavy guys. You got to kick out now. Um, and yeah. then recently, they picked up uh, Mac McClung as a two mm, two yeah. way contract uh, between the G and the G League and, and the NBA. They just got him from the Sixers two way contract as yeah. well. Don't know how much opportunity he'll have with a, they got a pretty deep guard room. Yeah. A lot of young guys who they've invested pretty heavily in. They'll probably take his minutes, but you know, you never know. He could get a you know if he can really. Turn into an elite shooter. Mm-hmm. He might get some minutes there. Yeah. Um, they also re-signed Mo Wagner this yes offseason, and then yeah. lost Ball Ball to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. But, well, <laughs> actually, they waived him, I guess, and then he went to the Phoenix Suns. So yeah. they gave up on that project. That's okay. I th- I think they're okay without him. Hmm. He's just eleven minute guy. Put up a couple of points and yeah. sit back down. Just the height was the big thing with with Ball Ball. Yeah. Um, another thing with with them, uh, Mac. I want to go back to Mac McClung real quick. Um, I really hope that since he's still on this two way, that uh, we can see him in the dunk contest again because he yeah. was the most interesting dunk con- contest contestant in the last like four years. I'd love to see him come back for a repeat. Um, yeah. Um, Joe Ingles. Uh, just to go back to him real quick, I think he brings leadership as well. Mm-hmm. He's been a lot of people said that about him as a good leader, and yeah. you know I don't think the Magic were like without leadership last year, but you know bringing a veteran at the right time when you're about to become contenders that can lead, teach your young guys what it takes to win is just I think this is really good timing. Yeah. Um, I think Anthony Black gives them some size and athleticism on the wing size specifically because you know Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs are pretty small perimeter players and so he gives you some size um, obviously needs to become a more efficient three level scorer he's mostly at the rim right now and then uh, Jet Howard the, Jet Howard was an interesting pick for me because theoretically he gives you what the NBA most needs which is three point shooting right. elite three point shooting but rookies that only do one thing tend to struggle in the NBA a little bit like we've talked about before and he every statistic pretty much points to him doing just the one thing which is shooting he's not a very good defender not good at the rim doesn't do anything off the bounce so we'll see if he can 
be a contributor with just the one thing yeah. in his bag. Like you had said last week, your your big thing, uh, or two weeks ago, but your big thing was uh, that they can do three things when they're coming in, into the NBA. He does one thing three times. It gets three points off of one thing yeah. that he does. Yeah. That's that's it. It's the complete opposite. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just see how he pans out. I think, I mean, most of it is uh, – I'm sure he kind of willed his way to Michigan as kind of like a after his dad hmm. type of thing. Like he he needs to come back to Michigan because that's his that's his heritage. Like yeah. Um, but we'll see if he's actually pans out to be any good of a basketball player in, yeah. in the NBA like his dad. And it was a role player. But. Obviously, he's a. I want to be clear. He's a very good shooter. Yeah. Right. Um, but. Will he have enough other stuff to get playing time? Right. I, I could see him spending some time in the G League for a while developing and then making his way back up a couple of years later. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that'll depend on how good are the Magic as well. Right. I was I was very surprised that they picked him at 11. Yeah. That, that, was a, that seemed very high. Um, obviously, they didn't have another pick until 36, so he would have they would have had to had a Hail Mary for him to drop that low to pick him up. But yeah. it He wouldn't have probably been there, but um, Right. I actually thought Derek they would pick up Derek Lively to give them that vertical yeah. rim yeah. protection type of player, but um we'll see. Unfortunately we're not the front office of, yeah. of the Magic. That's where I would have gone if I were in the front <laughs> office of the Orlando Magic. Yeah. <laughs> um just one more thing, they finished the season out thirty four to or thirty four and forty eight. So they were Inching towards 500, uh, just like we had said, it ended out the season pretty well um, in strong showing and added some key players in the offseason. Yeah, well. good offseason for the Magic. Yeah, uh, I think next year we'll we'll definitely see them playing meaningful games at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I agree. We'll move on to the Wizards. Yeah, let's move on to the dumpster fire in Washington. <laughs> uh, I gave them a D plus. For for their season, yeah. the, the only thing that kept me from putting them lower was that they were a, kind of able to steal Jordan Poole yeah. away. Yeah. Um. But not really steal, but you know, it was obviously the trade that yeah. got him there. But I, I I think that that's that's really the only bright side about them this off season. Uh, they obviously gave up this. Um, they'd given up. Kristaps uh, Porzingis to the Celtics, and uh, in that trade, Marcus Smart goes to the Grizzlies, mm. uh, and then afterwards, Chris Paul gets traded to the Wizards, that then gets traded to the Warriors for Jordan Poole. So they mixed up a whole lot of with a whole lot of trades this uh, off season, and pretty much all they got back is Jordan Poole. <laughs> Yeah, they got Jordan Poole, like, I think they got one first-round draft pick, a couple of seconds, maybe some swaps. Um, They got some young players, too, Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan Rollins. Uh, Also, Tyus Jones, I think, is probably, outside of Jordan Poole, probably the best pickup in all of that, just because he's just a, you know, really solid point guard. Yeah, he he is. uh, Same with, uh, what is his brother's name? Uh, Trey Jones. Trey Jones. I mean, they both kind of are similar players where they're facilitators. They're small, uh, very quick guards that can get a, get a couple assists out. 
um, pop the ball out to some shooters, get some quick shots up. And so, I mean, they're both of either one would be pretty good at, in this fit. I think it'll help Jordan Poole out a little bit as well, having two two guys with, yeah. with that. Um, yeah, basically the trades left them. They got rid of – they added a bunch of expiring contracts, mm-hmm. traded some expiring contracts, got like a couple of low picks and some young players. Um, they, addition, they also uh, re-signed Kyle Kuzma to four years. I think it was like 100 mil. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we think of that deal? Mm, nah. I'm not the biggest fan of Kuzma. and I think he's been pretty hyped up, and he has hyped himself up to a degree where people believe he's actually like a superstar. I, I think at best he's a role player. Uh, he cannot lead a team by himself, obviously, as we've seen the last season. Mm. Um, well, but he has Jordan Poole now. Right. Elite duo. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it'll be interesting. I... I I'm excited to see them together, but I, I just don't think Kuzma is as, is as good as everyone thinks he is. I think Lakers Nation kind of hyped him up a lot whenever he was there. And he was, he's, don't get me wrong, he's talented. He is a talented player, but I don't think he is as crazy good as everyone thinks he is. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. There's holes in his, in his game. Specifically, doesn't bring a lot defensively. Right. And some of that is definitely effort. Yeah. Um, offensively, he's a very good player. I, I think this contract is fine because he does bring so much value as a three and D guy. If mm-hmm. he's not trying to be a star, he is a really right. good three and D player. So you could trade this contract; it has value. Right. Um, and then Jordan Poole is like everybody said: if he's not on the Warriors, he'd be an All Star. And yeah. the Wizards were like, "Well, let's find out." Let's try. Yeah. So I, I don't hate the trade. Um, the biggest disappointment for me with them is that. Because they gave Bradley Beal a no trade clause for some reason, when they mm. gave it, they gave him all the money he could, literally all the money they could give him in his contract and a no trade clause. Not sure why they did that, but it basically handcuffed them, and they just didn't get significant draft capital back for him, um, which leaves them in kind of a weird spot where they can't really rebuild unless right. they can move some of the players they have for draft capital. Um, so really, they they kind of need to win games. Um, so we'll, we'll see. They're kind of a just a real middling team. Yeah. Uh, one guy that I'm I'm interested to see his continued progression is Corey Kisper mm. as well. Um, big big name in college basketball with Gonzaga two years ago. Yeah. Um, he was kind of uh, lacking. I mean, it, it seems very similar with him and. Uh, oh, the guy from Iowa that was player of the year. Oh, my goodness. Two years Keegan ago. Murray? Uh, no, two years ago. Uh, Luca Garza? Luca Garza. Similar things where they were super big names in college basketball. They get to the NBA, and they're kind of lackluster. It's weird players. how that happens when you get drafted by the Washington Wizards. <laughs> Anybody remember who Johnny Davis is? Yeah. You won't anymore. The Wizards made sure he learned how to sit on a chair at the end yeah. of the bench. <laughs> yeah. Well, part of that was because of himself, too. He, well, he shot horribly. He wasn't um, very good, but if you're not winning games and you spent a top 10 pick on a player, there has to be some level of patience with his mistakes. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Wizards are, I would say, they're not well coached, managed, and I what? guess general managed. 
<laughs> overall, I would just have to say that that is that is my consensus of this team. Yeah, kind uh, of a running theme with this division. Yeah, I, it, yeah. The only one that I can blatantly say is not that way is the Miami Heat. The Magic and, are certainly looking up, but everyone else is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, any other players that really stick out for you for this team? Not really. The the only other person that I can mention that is a, a good pickup was uh, Landry Shamet as well. I think he adds a little bit more depth to the bench role. Um, yeah. Maybe they, they – I mean – Definitely value as a trade asset as well. Um, they could easily stick him into the starting lineup though yeah. too. Yeah. Um, he might play – well, he might, he'll play. Jordan Poole or Tyus Jones will probably be point, and then they'll do Pool, um, Kuzma, Gafford. Um, I don't know who the fifth starter would be. Uh, they got maybe the Do- Danilo Gallinari. Um, maybe a Bilal Koulibaly, their draft pick this year. I think yeah. he's eighth. Um, he definitely looked showed some stuff in the summer league that could be could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, another name that I just wanted to bring up that I they I was gl- kind of glad they traded for is Jared uh, Jared Baylor or Butler I'm sorry mm-hmm. from Baylor mm-hmm. um, I think that he's a pretty good player overall it, again adds bench depth but in reality this their bench is so deep right now with, with well <laughs> mid tier <yeah>. players <laughs> that it's kind of like okay now you need a star player so that yeah yeah it actually matters but. Uh, it is what it is. This team is is very boring to me overall. Yeah, if they they just have to learn to to play all these guys somewhere yeah. to learn what they have with them is really what it comes down to. Yeah, if if there were if there was a question opposite to last week's question about what teams not to watch this season, I would probably say the Wizards and the Hornets so far. Yeah. Hornets maybe maybe if Lamelo is playing. But the Wizards, I probably will watch maybe one game this season if yeah. that if they're playing a team that I actually want to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all right, I'm done with them. Are you? Done? Yeah, let's move on to the Hawks. Yeah, what a way more interesting team overall. Yeah, um, 41 and 41 uh, this last season, and. Um, the overall. definition of a 500 team. There was a really? stretch where they yeah. literally just won one, lost one, won one, lost one for like 20-some yeah. games. Um, last season grade, I gave them C-. Mm-hmm. Um, they they made the conference finals, maybe in a little bit of a fluke a couple years ago, and then they add DeJounte Murray, and they just haven't, they just haven't made any sort of real, like, we are a good team sort of advancements that you would expect from a team that went to a conference finals. Right. This the duo right now of Murray and uh, Young does not seem as as connected as they should be. Yeah. Like they it, not as they should be. Not everything is is that not two player two good players are not always connected. Right. At the hip basically, but it just seems like they play hero ball by themselves. They listened to everyone that said, these two guys don't fit together, and they just decided they don't fit together. <laughs> and, you know, on paper, I agree. They don't necessarily fit together, but I think yeah. if you're two players as high a level as these guys are, you can find a way yeah. to make your team better. you got to learn yeah. to adapt to that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that's more on 
Murray's in than Trey Young's in because Trey Young is, is seems like he's able to play with a lot of different play styles of people. I may be completely wrong in that. That may be him in the background, you know, in 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 the locker room causing the problems. But it, I I know he was kind of that way this last season where he was talking about well I if if you don't make good moves then I may be walking soon. Yeah. So maybe it is him that's kind of causing the problems. But they've got to learn to work together. Yeah. On this team, or they are not going to win. Yeah, and maybe it's just a year one thing, right? Yeah, maybe maybe year two they're they're much more connected. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see how that pans out. The, the big thing with me is like it, it, a good indicator of how well teams are going to play together is how, if they are actually. It's not always like this, but if they are close outside of the game as well. Usually, if you're connected, if you're close outside of the game and you seem like pretty good friends, that correlates onto the court as well. Mm. Um, and it, the big thing with me is we talked about before is like Katie and Devin Booker. I'm excited to see them play a lot more because they seem like genuine friends, and yeah. that translates onto the court. Yeah. Um, this there just seems to be no. The closest thing that Trey Young has had to that was uh, John Collins. I think like they were they were they seem to be pretty close yeah. together, and then now that he's gone. Um, they, they don't really have anyone yeah. that he seems really close with. I agree. And I think even if it's just like, even if you're just going to like open runs and like working out together mm-hmm. and maybe they do that, they're just not on social media about yeah. it. But that's to me, if they, if they want to be good this year, they need to have been doing that this off season, yeah. just working out, doing basketball stuff together at the very, very least. Yeah. And that one of the things that is, has always puzzled me a lot is like other NBA players on different teams like playing together in runs or like developing in workouts and not ha- bringing one of their teammates along with them. Right. Like why do you, why do you not just have, uh, you know, say there's three guys. I know there was a there was a Katie, um, Jalen Green, and uh, oh who else was it? There was another guy that was in working out with them. But bring one guy from your team. Yeah. With you to that workout. Each of them make it a six person workout and just go go build build that team chemistry and it it goes a mile and i think i mean this is i've been focusing a lot on relationships with this team but overall they're just gonna have to they're gonna have to be a little bit more they're gonna need connectivity in this next season and i think the front office is to blame for that as well i mean so 2021 middle of the season they fire uh, lloyd pierce they were having a you know not a bad season but they fire him and promote nate mcmillan and then they go to the conference finals, and then they don't repeat that the next year. I don't even know if they – I think there was a play-in the following year or somewhere mm-hmm. thereabouts. And then this year they fired Nate McMillan in the middle of the season and go to Quinn mm-hmm. Snyder. So if you're the front office, you got to have some sort of like patience and direction with right. what you're doing because just constantly changing your system, changing your, your goals and stuff like that just isn't going to work. Um, there has to be some continuity there, and I think – I think definitely the front office is to blame for some of that. It seems like the Kings a couple of years back in mm-hmm. like the late 2010s, they were constantly going through coaches yeah. and rolling over players and coaches and there was no time to develop. Right. And Trey Young is still 24 years old. I mean, yeah. he has so much time to grow. Yeah. Like take a year or two and just grow the team, develop them. And it, I, I overall, this team... It's got some good players on it. It's just you have to make that next step of 
um, how do you unlock the next level mm. for each of these players? Yeah. Um, it, I mean, the big thing that they're they seem to be missing, in my opinion, on this team is 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 depth at the center position or like the 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 uh, forward center position and really just like stretch depth because right. they have a, um, a Kongwu and Capella, but they're basically the same player. Right. There's no versatility there. Right. Um, and I think another thing that like Kevin Herter talked about this on uh, a while back that um, making the conference finals kind of hurt them because all of a sudden they became impatient and the front office became impatient. They're like, yeah. oh, we're really good. We should just be doing this every year. Right. And then things didn't quite go right the same way the next year. And all of a sudden they're firing people and they're making all these changes mm-hmm. and stuff. And they don't give them a true time to develop because like – Trey Young, right? You said 24 years old. So he's still in development phase. You know, 25, 26 is maybe when you hit your prime, and that's right. when you need to be winning. So, you know, they, they need to be patient. They, they need to say, okay, here's our three-year plan, our five-year plan, whatever, yeah. and, and then be patient with that. One of the uh, bigger names that I was surprised that they signed was Bogdan Bogdanovich after his big year with the Kings several mm. years back, which I think that was when Kevin Herter was involved in that trade to the Kings as well. I believe it was that year. Um, uh, I think those were, I think that was because Kevin Herter and Bogdanovich played together. Yes, that's right. Yeah. They just seemed, Bogdanovich, uh, Young, and uh, Murray all seemed to have very similar play styles overall. Like, shooter, like stretch shooters some of them are better defenders. Like Bogdanovich is a little bit better of a defender. Uh, Trey Young obviously has his own style of, of just shooting bomb threes, but it's it's more of that like guard position where they're just trying to to either drive, facilitate, or pop shots. And I think part of that is going to come down to system. I think Quinn Snyder. I mean, he didn't win a championship or have a ton of playoff success, mm-hmm. but he had regular season success with the Jazz. Jazz. And they had a yeah. very specific system. You know, we're going to. Break down the defense, and then we're going to get threes. Yeah. And Bogdanovich will definitely benefit from that. And I think I think that's something to look forward to for them. Going back to the Gordon Hayward times with Quinn Snyder. Again, yeah. Wrap it. Goes back to, back yeah. to that. Yeah. But um, the couple names that they picked up this offseason, Wesley Matthews, um, that was – was that before the end of the season? No, that was, that was this offseason. Off yeah, that's right. Yeah. They picked him up um, – Good shooter. Mm. Uh, he's a he's a veteran, so I th- I think he's gonna he and Patty Mills currently sits on this roster as well. Yeah. Let's see if yeah. he <laughs> the Patty Mills roulette landed yeah. him on the on the Hawks for now at least. Yeah, we'll see if he still ends up getting moved again yeah. or not. But it you know it, both veteran guys that are at some depth uh, on their bench. Um, pretty good shooters overall, consistent shooters. Um, Kobe That's, Bufkin as well added yes. via the draft um, out of Michigan. He's a guard. Mm-hmm. He does guard things. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a lot to say there. I mean, he wasn't. He he wasn't. Uh, I wouldn't say spectacular in college, but there wasn't anything that's like, oh, this is a terrible pick for them. So right. we'll kind of see what he adds. I think they probably could have picked up a, a stretch four a little bit, which may be what they did with Seth Lunday, who mm-hmm. they also added. Maybe that's what they're looking for out of him. Um, we'll see. Yeah, they they picked him up at forty six from Penn Penn State. I think that was a pretty good pick for mid. Really good three point shooter in college. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Another guy they picked up this offseason, Sadiq Bay from the Pistons. Oh, that's right. Uh, Traded pretty, for him during season last year, didn't they? Yes. During the, yes, that's right. Huge amount of second-round picks, and then Wiseman and Sadiq Bay got shuffled about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I they, I think that was that was a, a very good pickup. Sadiq Bay showed huge potential on the Pistons, yep. several several games. Um, so I, I, I think that was... I think that was a really good pick. That I I personally think the Knicks should have taken him so they could just be become the Villanova Knicks even yeah, more. Yeah. So. <laughs> just collecting all the infinity Villanova players, the yeah. infinity Wildcats. There yeah. it is. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I think that was a a very good pickup overall. Um, anything else thoughts wise? Oh, I didn't. I don't think I gave my grade. I gave him a B, just because they're mid tier. Like, yeah. See see. C would be mid-tier there, but they are very, very close. If they can just unlock, like I said, that next level, whether that be with relationships or coach, like finally getting a coach that locks in with Quinn, mm-hmm. Quinn Snyder or, or someone that will finally get everyone to work together yeah. and be on the same page. Yeah. I think that there's, they're very close. They were obviously 41 and 41 with a scrappy season. I mean, they're still going to... They're still going to be close. I, these, uh, the Raptors were forty-one and forty-one as well. They seem very similar, like roster makes. Yeah, as well. Except the Raptors don't have Trey Young. Yeah, uh, just a couple of things. I think the John Collins trade allows them to play DeAndre Hunter a little bit more, and he gives them a lot more floor spacing as a much better shooter. Um, and then I think last year a lot of people were like started to be on the Trey Young is bad train. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, obviously, you know, maybe not having his best season, but a lot going on otherwise. I think it was good to see him remind everyone in the Boston series, like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm still Trey Young. I'm right. still Ice Trey. Uh, took Boston to six games. Pretty much single-handedly won uh, game five, so mm-hmm. in Boston. So there's a lot to look forward to for the Hawks. It's just can they put it all together. Right. That's all I got with them. Yep. Move on. Let's move to the, the Heat. I think this is a good team to cap up everything yeah. with. A uh, little recap. So they ended up finishing the previ- previous year, lost in the second round, I believe. Conference finals. Conference finals. And then they said, we'll be back. Mm. And they sure did. They came back. Uh Scraped away a win against uh, the the Bulls in the play-in. Yep. Um, then ended up beating the Knicks second round. Uh, went against Boston in the third the the, the conference finals. Uh, went up 3-0 and proceeded to lose three straights. Finally won Game Seven. Went to the NBA Finals against the uh, Nuggets and got. Stomped on just because of how how good of a team they are. There yeah. was there was you know bright spots in the team. It was just they were no match for the Nuggets. Uh, they were probably worn down as well from just playing a seven game series and a six game series with the mm. the the uh, Knicks and then prior to that with the the play in as well. So I mean they definitely had to go through a lot of trials this off this this last season. So I gave them an A minus. I gave them an A plus. Well. In the playoffs. Regular playoffs. season, I said C because 
they went from uh, what were they the I think they were the one seed mm-hmm. the previous year, and then they go to the eight seed, and they lost yep. the first game of the play-in tournament in embarrassing fashion to the Hawks. Yep. Um, but the playoffs, they were a plus team. Um, it was great for them to make the finals. Yeah. It was a really cool run. Um, just really good stuff in the playoffs. Um, but obviously, they just the Nuggets are just really really good as it yeah. turns out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Heat finished the season 44 and 38. To put that in perspective, they won three games over the Hawks and they ended up going to the NBA Finals. So uh, don't count out the seven seeds, eight seeds. You know, obviously with the, the Lakers this last season, the Heat as well uh, as the eight seed, you cannot count out these teams that have depth and have experience in the playoffs mm-hmm. against young teams. Uh, Big thing for me is I just put run it back. If they don't get if if the whole Dame saga doesn't pan out, run it back. Do the same thing again except perform better in the in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, in theory they should run it back, but getting into their off season moves, they've yeah. kind of gambled a little bit. They yeah. let Victor Aladipo, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Omar Yurtseven, mm-hmm. and Cody Zeller all go. And only added really Thomas Bryant and Josh Richardson as like established yeah. uh, contributors. Um, they brought back Orlando Robinson, who looked really good in the summer league. Um, looked like he could actually be a like a stretch four or five player that really mm-hmm. give them some spacing. Um, they also added Justin Champagne and Jaime Hawkins Jr., who both looked really good. Um, and we know the Heat's ability to turn a undrafted or low draft pick into a really good NBA player. I mean, they got Max Struess and Gabe Vincent paid yeah. a combined nearly $100 million. And I think both of them were either undrafted or like second round picks. So yeah. I guess they're gambling on those guys turning out or they're gambling on another trade happening. Mm-hmm. One that hasn't been talked about at all by anyone. Just really under the radar trade. <laughs> <laughs> an okay player. Yeah, just an okay player out of. Where's he called? Portland or yeah, something. Portland. Right? He plays for Portland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's he called? What's his name again? Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They. This has been one of the most roller coaster off seasons for a single player that I've seen in years. Yeah. Um, the. It, I, I don't know. They had shut down trade talks for a while. Um, in, well, they say. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's very hard for the Heat to, get, to gather the right assets for this trade. Yeah. I think that's, that is the big thing that's, that's holding off this, this trade from happening. Um, they, I, I mean, they have some young, very young, undeveloped talent and some very old, aging out talent as well. Yeah. So it's it's in not a lot. They got those three we had talked about about a month ago about one of the things that they need is like they had, they got the three draft picks, first round draft picks that they needed that I thought would really get the ball rolling in that direction. So they have that now, but the talks still have not resumed to a point where it's on the cusp. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing is apparently Portland essentially is saying, we don't really care what you offer. We want to hear somebody else's offer. And the Heat are like, we made an offer. We don't want to just bid against ourselves until right. you're happy with what we're giving you. And so because no one else is offering anything, we're just kind of right. stuck. And 
maybe we'll get something done before training camp, but it seems yeah. likely this will be an in-season thing now where, right. you know, the Trailblazers, maybe they're content with their young talent and they're like, all right, it's time to move on to the next phase of our franchise. Or maybe another team is like, you know what? We look pretty good. We're going to gamble a few of our yep. uh, 11 first-round draft picks that we have over the next couple of years. Uh, looking at you, OKC, and yeah. maybe uh, Utah. Yeah. Um, so, Do you think that other teams are scared to bring in Dame just because of him saying that, like prior supposedly just saying he only wanted to go to Miami and then they wouldn't get his max potential then? Well, think that's I, a big thing. I think the biggest thing is is that the list of teams that can trade for Dame mm-hmm. is all, and the want teams that want to trade for Dame right now is pretty short, right? We're looking yeah. at like Philly. Philly doesn't really have assets, right. and it's a tricky cap space situation. Mm-hmm. Basically, they have a couple of firsts, maybe Tyrese Maxey, who they haven't been willing to trade, and then yeah. James Harden has an expiring contract. Yeah. Um, and then what else? What else we got? Like. I mean, Dallas isn't going to make a trade. The no. Lakers can't make a trade. The Warriors can't make a trade. The Suns already did their big move. Yeah. Um, no maybe, contenders see, seem to be right. in this role. They don't. They don't have contenders. Don't have the assets, and they're the teams that are going to gamble right now. Mm-hmm. When we get to the middle of the season, if he's still available, somebody might be like, okay. We're going to try a Kawhi Leonard move, right. and it might be the Raptors who do it again because right. they do have some assets, some young talent that they can mm-hmm. move. Uh, maybe it's, like I said, the Jazz. The Jazz have a million first-round draft picks, and they've got some really good young talent that would fit. But right now, his market is pretty limited outside of him already limiting it. Yeah. As as a player demanding a trade, I think it's going to be harder and harder as the second apron comes in mm. because these teams are gambling all their assets at once to bring in these high-level players, maxing their cap space. Mm. They can't go any further or else they're going to pay this luxury tax. I think there's going to be fewer and fewer teams that want to trade for these big-name guys that are, that are, getting the, that are demanding trades. Just because they don't have room to, they don't have yeah. room on their 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 rosters for them, like cap space wise, or just as a player, they don't they have to kick some other guys out. So, I I think this is going to get more and more difficult as a as a player to demand a trade to a to a playoff team, I should say. Now, like we were just saying, like non contenders, they have the the cap space, the the assets to do so. But then you're kind of just rebuilding as a player yourself. Yeah. And Dame doesn't really have the time to do that. And that's why he wants out of Portland. Is yeah. Because they said, we're not rebuilding. And then they started to rebuild. And then he said, <laughs> hey, it looks like you guys are rebuilding. And they're like, nope, not rebuilding. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> Sign this contract. <laughs> um, and and the, with the cap space thing, like you said, like teams that have cap space this offseason was like Houston, uh, San Antonio, Detroit. Nobody's, none of those teams are going to trade for Dame. Um, and then as we go forward and teams have less cap space, mm-hmm. now you have to salary match. And a couple of the teams that are like those perennial contender type teams, mm-hmm. they've sold all their draft picks for the next five, six, seven years already. Right. So they can't make any trades. Yeah. It, it just seems like a very sticky situation for Dame right now that he's got himself into. Yeah. Um, and if the Heat were really going to, to go for this trade, they're going to have to give up pretty much half the roster for it right. and, and the, the, the draft picks they have. Which so. makes it interesting for the Heat because if you trade for Dame, you want to contend right away. Yeah. But 
if you're giving up all your depth, you probably have to wait a year just right. to add depth in the off season. Yeah, because you have to pretty much you just have to bring in all your G League players then into the empty roster or like yeah. pick up some veteran minimum contracts or mm-hmm. uh, you know rookie minimums like all the, those type of players and then you're kind of just gambling that that year away. Yeah. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see if. He if Dame ends up on the Heat or not, I mean that's the big thing this year. That this is the this is the KD to the Warriors year. This is the LeBron to the Heat year. Like where is where is Dame going? He's got the power to shift the the landscape of things a little bit for sure. Yeah, and that that's the other thing with the with the Heat because of the moves they've made this off season, mm-hmm. right? Like they. They aren't a championship contender right now. They're mm-hmm. maybe barely a playoff team. I mean, right. with Spolstra, I'll trust them to make the playoffs. Yeah. And Jimmy but if Butler. they get Dame, all of a sudden they're, you know, yeah. a, a contender. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler, playoff mode, as long as he gets to the mm-hmm. the play-in, I think he's got a good – they've got a good chance of, of going far. Uh, it's, it, it's just a, a, overall the heat, the heat culture – is seems to be the the gas is running out on it right now <laughs> a yeah. little bit yeah um it, as, as long if if they can't get dame this is this is going to be an interesting division to watch because is are the heat going to be at the top anymore or are the hawks going to take it or like yeah it's like you said i mean they lost a lot of talent they were able to keep caleb martin which he was a big big name for them this this last off, off season yeah so I mean they've got they've got a couple of role players. Um, who do you think would be involved in a Dame trade on this team? If obviously they're going to have to put some bigger names in there as like role player bigger names. Yeah. Who do you think would be involved? Um, I mean, first of all, pretty much every young player: Nikola Jovic, um, probably um, Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero probably. Um, Jaime Hawkes Jr. for sure, yeah. potentially Orlando Robinson. Although that probably like, if it's say December when he just traded mm-hmm. and Robinson has had playing time, that may happen. Uh, Kyle Lowry's probably in the trade because he's got an expiring contract, um, and they can make salary match and stuff like that with him. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe Caleb Martin's in there. Although they probably yeah. are going to try to keep him because he's pretty valuable. Um, yeah. Every first round draft pick they have <laughs> yeah. is in the trade. Um, yeah, and they they cannot give up Jimmy or Bam. That I mean, those are the two players that I feel like. I think if they could, if they were willing to give up those, the trade would have happened. Yeah, right. Um, just as like a, a, a win now team, they have to have those three. I think yeah. that has to be the big three that they stick with. Yeah. Um, obviously, we saw an injured Tyler Hero this last offseason broke his finger at, in the first series, right? Against the was, a, was that was game one or game two? One against of the the the, uh, the Bucks. Bucks, yeah. yeah. I totally skipped over them beating the Bucks. This yeah. In my recap, yeah, they uh, put a beating on the Bucks. Yeah, especially after Giannis came back and the Bucks just playing scared I guess yeah. <laughs> that's what it looked like yeah so I mean this the, I wish they could have kept some more of their role guys the, the two guys they gave up Gabe Vincent and um, 
Max Struess. Max Struess. Um, I, I wish they were able to keep those, and that would, it would be even more enticing, I think, for the, the, the Trailblazers. I, I was very surprised to see them let those guys walk whenever they could have been assets. Like, obviously, yeah. you'd have to pay them, and then and then they'd be involved in the trade, and so that would be very dicey. But I was surprised that they let some more, some more guys leave. And even just for if we don't get Dame insurance, right. those, those two would have been you know, kept them as a better team. Right. And you could have probably, like, those two guys got paid a lot. You could probably have talked them down a little bit. I would just say, like, see what we did already this last year? Yeah. Like, maybe if it's even, like, $5 million less. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure they probably would have considered staying if, yeah. if they knew that they were probably going to run it back. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I don't know. It's It's a hard... This team is very hard to judge for how I think they're going to do next year. Yeah. Uh, just because the, the the future is so muddy without knowing the end of the Dame saga. And if if these – are the old guys going to continue to get older and play worse even more, like Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, or – and are these new guys going to develop hmm. as well? into key players. Just an interesting note, the only national TV game, well, I think that I think Portland has two national TV games, one against the Spurs and another one that is against the Heat uh, directly after the trade deadline. Yep. Just a random thing the NBA did, rolled the dice and completely random. That's the first time the Heat and Portland meet as well, by the way. Yep. So, uh, weird, weird coincidence, I'm sure. <laughs> Oh, I, yeah. There's no script, no NBA script. Yeah, they aren't expecting a trade at all. <laughs> that is very interesting. I, and I think that's probably something that they, it may have just been a roll of a dice and it just randomly happened that way. Uh-huh. But it may probably made it more interesting <laughs> for it to be that way. Yeah. They were like, they rolled their dice three months prior on like a, you know, January 2nd or something like that. And they're like, oh, let's just push this back after yeah. the All-Star weekend. Or I guess I guess trading deadline is before All-Star weekend now. But yeah, that, yeah, that's very, very interesting to watch this team. And, and overall, there's guys on this team that are very interesting to watch. I mean, yeah. they're good basketball players. Bam Adebayo, uh, Jimmy Butler... You, you Donis Haslam's out. I was just about to say, just watch him yell at everyone on the bench and yeah. get, get the best out of everyone. Tyler Hero, if he's healthy, he's a good player. I mean, just watch him. He's, yeah. he's he is twenty points a game, fifty, forty, ninety, yep. near that efficiency. Um, yeah, watch the leadership of Kevin Love as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, just on the bench, mm-hmm. Udonis Haslam. I think Kevin. They brought Kevin Love in to have a similar role of Udonis Haslam. Obviously, UD has been with the had been with with the heat for 20 years but kevin love is one of those guys that's able to to sit at the end of the bench and just talk guys down from from high situations mm-hmm. and and uh, come in and give you five points in the yeah. game a couple five, charges six, yeah yeah um it's it is amazing to me he, he's 34 years old he acts a lot older than what he is yeah. like when you watch he's, him play well, i think it's the gray hair yeah it, probably um it, if his time with with Cleveland probably beat him up. I'm yeah, sure. That, after LeBron runs, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. The stress of losing. Yeah. Um, I, I think Miami does a really good job of keeping like culture continuity. A lot of yep. teams would have blown it up after Dwayne Wade retired, but yep. they kind of said, all right, we're just going to keep to it. We're going to keep our really good players and we're going to keep that championship, you know, caliber like uh, culture here so that we can just bring in new players and teach them what we want them to do. And it just keeps winning. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. it the Heat are always an interesting team to watch. They're yeah. fun. It's a fun team overall. Yep. Anything else you got with them? You want to go over? I don't think so. That's, that's all I got with the Heat. Okay. Uh, real quick, you want to move on to the interesting facts for the week? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I got a couple of them. Nothing Nothing too crazy. Uh, so since 2015, there have been 27 games with over 14 million views. Uh, viewers at, at one time. Every one of the 27 games has had Stephen Curry in it. Really? Every single game Wow. that had more than 14 million people had Stephen Curry in it. Very interesting. Yeah. I believe it. He's pretty fun to watch. If you haven't heard of this guy, Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's okay. Yeah. He's okay. Uh, next one, another high-level guy. Uh, Tim Duncan was selected for... 15 all-defensive team selections, but never won a Defensive Player of the Year. Wow. Yeah. It, it's like he was there. He just couldn't reach it. Yeah. He was, he was just like inches away. Couldn't reach the Defensive That's Player of the Year. That's a lot of all-defensive. 15 years. 15 is, years. You know, we're talking year, you know, let's say it started when he's a rookie. Year 15, mm-hmm. he's still that good defensively is really impressive. Yeah. It is, it is crazy. Um. The last one I have is uh, total wins by players in the last uh, 10 years. Only seven players have over 500 total wins in the last seven years. Uh, number one is Draymond Green at okay. 567. Number two is Steph Curry at 552. Okay. Number three is Danny Green at 540 <laughs> wins. Wow. So obviously that includes... So many different places that he's been. Uh, he was with the Spurs at the beginning of that tenure. Um, he's been with the Raptors, the Lakers, the Sixers. Sixers. Um, he was on the on Memphis for a little bit. I don't Memphis. know if he actually played any games yeah. for them. Uh, the Cavs. Cavaliers for a small amount of time, uh, which he recently came out and said was like the most weird time in his life. I don't know if you saw that. He, I, he said it felt like a fever dream. Yeah, um, He could never get in the groove there but the following um the following players here chris paul james harden both have 521 wins in the last 10 years uh the not uh sorry the sixth player clay thompson 519 wins and then lebron at 516 wins in the last seven years Everyone makes sense on that list except Danny Green. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. You know, shade at Danny Green. It's just everyone else is like a Hall of Fame type yeah. player, and he's he's just one of really been on good very wing. successful teams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he out of those out of those teams, he's been he's won three rings in three different locations with San Antonio, uh, the Raptors, and with uh, the Lakers, mm. and though all been finals runs. Multiple finals runs with the Spurs, multiple final runs with the, well, I'm sorry, one, one with the Raptors, one with the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot of wins. Yeah. Yeah. 
But all right, that's all I got. Um, all right, before we get to our one and one, yep. uh, thank everyone for listening to episode six here. Yep. Wrap up our season recap, and we are finally going to be moving on to uh, a little bit more in-depth analysis of the game. Uh, I, we I've really enjoyed doing this. I know that we've we've prepped a lot with this, and it just breaking down each team a little bit. Uh, we're, we're not going to go super in-depth with teams anymore. We're just going to highlight big plays, big situations, big players yeah. going on. Break but, down some big games, yeah. um, how each team did what they did, um, break down the WNBA playoffs once those start, and yep. um, break down the FIBA World Cup tournament next episode as well. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, anything else you got? No, just thank you everyone for listening. I want to thank Cottage for our intro and outro music. Uh, go over and take a listen. To oh, them. send us uh, questions. Yes. On yes. Instagram, Twitter, um, or at Gmail, the CACS pod everywhere. Yep. Uh, find us, send us questions. I've been trying to put out a couple of days ahead of time before we've been recording, uh, put out a little questionnaire thing on our Instagram. People can, can uh, input some questions so keep an eye out for that all right time for some one-on-one just a reminder the score is currently 4-2 i am winning all right let's see if you can tie it up you got to go two for two yep all right first one how many times have the charlotte hornets made the conference finals conference finals i'm gonna say zero times yep that is correct (laughs) i was about to say so the hornets transitioned to new orleans and then they became the pelicans and then the Hornets franchise started up again. Neat. Those two franchises are the only franchises in NBA history to not make the conference finals yet. The Pelicans and the, and the Hornets. The yeah. Hornets, yeah. Um, so the, the, the Hornets, when they transitioned to New Orleans, the Bobcats then became the, mm. the Charlotte team. I don't think they made the conference finals either. No, they absolutely <laughs> did not. That was a dumpster fire of, yeah. of a year. That that time frame shortly after Michael Jordan had taken over, um, players were scoring record level points against that team. Yeah. So yep. LeBron James, uh, Carmelo Anthony, uh, Dwayne Wade. Just just go back and look up. Everybody highlights. eats. <laughs> yes. Go look. Go look at highlights. Uh, Kobe was during that time too. He was putting yeah. up record numbers. So. Um. All right. The Hornets and what other team were created in 1988. 1988. Okay. Hmm. I'm gonna say a lot of Western Coast teams were created in the, the 80s as well. Mm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick Western Coast. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with the. I don't want to. I'm gonna go with Supersonics. That would be incorrect. Dang it! It was the Miami Heat. Really? Actually, in 1988, three teams were expansion teams: the Hornets, the Heat, and the Magic. But the Magic didn't start until 1989. Wow! Wow! Two teams Dang. started the race at the same time. One of those teams has been better than the other one. <laughs> <laughs> a lot better. Yeah. I wanted to say, I, w- I was leaning towards Vancouver with the Grizzlies a little mm. bit. And then I was like, well, the Supersonics, I don't re- really remember them too much in the 70s. So I was thinking 80s time frame, but nope. Thanks. Nice. All right. Four, four three. Four to three. Coming at you next next week, with, uh, two weeks from now with some, with some questions. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.